If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. For Martinez. Didn't have time to throw it down the field. He runs instead. Martinez has the first down. Adrian Martinez. Unreal effort tonight for Kansas State. When I wake up. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk. All right, Oklahoma walks off the field on the losing end of the scoreboard for the very first time this season. Kansas State 41-34 over the Sooners in Norman on Saturday night. Now, I know like a lot of people really wanted to try to dub this as move on Monday. I mean, people that are way more savvy on social media than I am. But really, it turned into like a meltdown Monday as those uh, hot takes from the game that they began to develop on late Saturday night into early Sunday morning uh, just kind of festered all day on, on Sunday and just exploded all over uh, social media, the radio, whatever, message boards uh, on today. Um, and and it, it, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's a loss. Oklahoma 41, uh, excuse me, Kansas State 41, Oklahoma 34. And you got to give credit. I mean, you got to, before you, before you blame this person or that person or these events, and literally everyone's, everyone's being blamed for this loss. But before you do that, I think it would be wise just to pause and say, congratulations, Kansas State on the win, because they came in and they outmatched Oklahoma. They were more physical than Oklahoma. They were more prepared than Oklahoma. They were more disciplined than Oklahoma. Kansas State did everything they needed to do to win this game, and Oklahoma didn't do everything that they needed to do to win the game. So sometimes it's easy to get lost in that and say, well, you know, um, we lost that game. They didn't really win it. And I don't think that applies to this situation. I think Kansas State came in. 14 nothing. they had Oklahoma down in the first quarter, and the Sooners couldn't respond. They couldn't respond till late into the first quarter. And, and if you think about it, I mean, here there's that's where the game was lost. Again, we're going to dissect and break down several points of this game, but the, the short of it is this. If you want to listen to a two-minute podcast instead of a 45-plus-minute podcast, Oklahoma lost this game in the first quarter. They're down 14 to nothing. They can't muster anything on the first couple offensive possessions. They finally get something going, but they were outscored 14 to seven in the first quarter. The second, third and fourth quarter, Kansas state was able to match Oklahoma stride for stride on the scoreboard. Both teams scored 10 in the second, both teams scored three in the third, both teams scored 14 in the fourth. It was that first quarter. It was that slow start that we've seen this team get off to for three weeks now. You know, they trailed against Kansas State. They trailed against Nebraska. They trailed against Kansas State. And this was the one time. This was the one time it got them, and they couldn't come back. 
Now, there's lots of hot takes out there. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. There's lots of reasons why Oklahoma lost. And and I don't here's here's where I am on this. I feel like if you're putting this loss on one person, you're probably not you're probably thinking emotionally than you are logically. This is a group effort. I mean, seriously, they they were Oklahoma was beat in all facets of the game on Saturday night. They were beaten on the offensive side of the ball. They were beaten on the defensive side of the ball. They were beaten in special teams. They were beaten on the sidelines with the coaching staff. They were beat. And so if you're going to put this on one person, you're wrong. It's just the way it is. I mean, you're wrong. If you think this is one person's fault, it's it was a group effort. And I, you know, I I pulled out two things that I saw on social media. Uh, two things. One of them came to me on a on a text message, um, and I, one of them is just kind of a legitimate gripe that I don't think is. I, I think it's it's a legitimate gripe that I think is pointed in the wrong direction. And the other one is just kind of like, all right, come on, guys, we we gotta we gotta be better than this. So here here's two hot takes on Oklahoma's loss to Kansas State that I, I don't know that I can get on board with. And I'll tell you why. And if you want if you want to listen to what I have to say and then you want to like move on and say, yep, you're wrong, Matt. That's okay with me. I don't care. But this idea that Dylan Gabriel is responsible for losing this game, which seems to be a pretty popular take, it's wrong. If you're, again, I, what I said just a few minutes ago, if you're putting this loss on one person, you're in the wrong. It was a group effort. And we're going to, I'm going to show you, we'll dissect in this a little bit. I'm going to show you a group effort. And yes, Dylan Gabriel will be mentioned in that group effort, but he's not the only reason. He's not the sole reason. He's not even the main reason Oklahoma lost. There are a lot of factors that I would go to before I got to Dylan Gabriel. I think the two primary factors I would go to would be false starts and failure to tackle. Those are the two things that I would put on way ahead of Dylan Gabriel. I mean, think about it. Dylan Gabriel completed 66% of his passes, 330 yards, 8.5 yards per pass attempt, four touchdowns. He ran for 61 yards, so he was accountable. He Oklahoma had 550 total yards of offense. He was responsible for 400, excuse me, 391 of those yards. Oh, but he missed Drake Stoops. He Drake Stoops was wide open. That wouldn't have been a touchdown. Okay, all right. I'm not going to argue that. I was in that north end zone. I saw Drake Stoops running at me. I saw the ball. I saw him miss it. A lot of quarterbacks lost on Saturday. A lot of quarterbacks missed passes on Saturday. But you're not going to put this loss on, on, on that one play. Are you kidding me? You're telling me that one play, that one play where he missed Drake Stoops. That's the reason why you're going to hinge this loss on Dylan Gabriel. He missed Drake Stoops. I'm going to give you that. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't turn the ball over. You know what he didn't do? He didn't miss a tackle. You know what he didn't do? He didn't give up 509 yards of offense to the, uh, yeah, to the Kansas State offense. He didn't do that. He overthrew Drake Stoops. 
and, and to pin that one loss on him, man, I, I would pin the loss, I guess, on that one play. On that one player. I think you're wrong. I think, it, I think it's off. I think it goes back to what we've talked about with Dylan Gabriel. He's not this star guy that you saw in Baker Mayfield, that you saw in Kyler Murray, that you saw in Jalen Hurts. But he's a really good quarterback. He's not a dynamic personality that Baker Mayfield was. He's not the freakish athlete that Kyler Murray was. He's not this big, imposing, physical quarterback that Jalen Hurts was. But what he is, is a guy who completed 66% of his passes and threw for four touchdowns and didn't turn the ball over one time. And there's people out there who want to put the loss on him. And it just doesn't make sense to me. Why don't you just say he's not, he's not Kyler Murray? Why don't you just say, I don't like him because he's not Baker Mayfield? Why don't you just say he's not the, the guy that Jalen Hurts is? Because that's what we're getting at here. That, that's what it is. By the way, I challenge you to go find me a game in which Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, where they lost, but they didn't miss a pass. Because I can point to that Georgia Rose Bowl loss where Baker Mayfield overthrew some guys. I can, I can point to Kyler Murray. Remember that, that loss in the Cotton Bowl? He wasn't perfect. He was great, but he wasn't perfect. Texas beat him in the regular season. Kyler Murray almost led the comeback. Sooners get the best of him in the Big 12 championship game. But Kyler Murray missed passes. You want to talk about Jalen Hurts against Alabama? Look, I mean, they, they all, they've all missed passes. But you're missing the point if you think this is about Dylan Gabriel. Same thing about the PA announcement. That, that's the other thing. I've said it from game one. Game one, that's kind of weird. The boomer coming from the PA announcer. But seriously, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna say Oklahoma's false start penalties are because the the PA announcer went boomer. And I know guys like Gabe Eichert and I know guys like Sam Mays. They're, they're jumping in there and they're jumping on that bandwagon. But come on, I'm not buying that. I, I'm not. And, and I will, I'll be the first to admit to you, I've never played a down as an offensive lineman. When I played football, I was a wide receiver. I was a defensive back. When I coached football, I coached wide receivers and I coached defensive backs. I know offensive positions. I can coach a running back. I can coach a quarterback. I don't know offensive line. I don't. But I do know this. This isn't the first time that that guy has said boomer from the press box. It's not. And it wasn't a big deal against UTEP. It wasn't a big deal against Kent State. But suddenly, you can't hold your water on the offensive line. Oh, it's the PA announcer's fault. I wasn't ready for that. Look, man, it, like, when you when you when you jump that many times, when you have that many false starts, really it comes out of one of two issues. Honestly, let's put the PA announcer to the side, and we're gonna say it's one or two issues. Either it's one, you're just getting beat 
you're getting whipped up front and you're trying to get the first step because that dude is crushing you. Or two, you don't have discipline. You're just not disciplined. And, and I think maybe it was a little bit of both for Oklahoma against Kansas State because they were getting beat. And, 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 and it was both sides of the ball, honestly. But I, we're not going to blame the PA announcer. There, I mean, they, that, that guy's probably below Dylan Gabriel on the list of blame here, okay? But, I mean, I'm shocked. You're shocked. I mean, no, make, make no, no mistake about it. It was a bad loss. It was a bad look. The night game, national television. It just wasn't there. But it is what it is. You got to move on. To me, I think the most shocking thing on this game was not the offensive struggles. And again, I mean, I say that almost tongue-in-cheek because we have... Over 550 yards of offense. We've got 34 points on the board. And and I, I expected the offense to struggle. If you if you listen to my pregame podcast, I was like, look, this is going to be a really good defense. And the offense, to me, performed above board. I had Oklahoma scoring 30 points in this game. They scored 34. My, my biggest shock and takeaway from this game was how much our defense got dominated. Watching Oklahoma's defensive line, who had dominated three opponents in a row, just got moved out of the way. Defensive ends, not a factor in this game. Linebackers, probably the worst game the linebackers have played this season. Not probably, undoubtedly, worst game the linebackers played this season. But to see bodies just moved out of the way, Man, I, I, that that shocked me. And and when you when you look at it, you know, special teams, we'll talk about some special teams plays here in a minute. We're going to talk about some offensive plays here in a minute. We're going to talk about some defensive plays here in a minute. But just the, the schematic of what Ted Roof and Brent Venables tried to draw up, clearly they, they respected the run. Clearly they didn't respect Adrian Martinez. You sell out to stop Deuce Vaughn. And Adrian Martinez killed you. That was a bad scheme. Produced a bad result, and Oklahoma never could catch up. Never could. This is the Sooner Nation podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. All right, so here's the deal. If you were to tell me, before this game, you come up to me Saturday afternoon, you come up to me Friday night, you come up to me right before kickoff. And you say, hey, Matt, Oklahoma's going to post 550 total yards of offense. They're going to average 7.5 yards per play. And they're going to score 34 points. I'm 100% confident, 100% confident that Oklahoma's going to win this football game. Then you come up to me and you say, hey, well, that said, they're going to get up 509 yards of offense. 
Kansas State's going to average 6.25 yards per play, 5.6 per rush, and 6.9 per pass. I think I'm 100% confident they lose this game. Because that's, that's the most shocking aspect of what happened on Thursday night. How much Oklahoma's defense gave up. And, and I've said multiple times on, on this very podcast that, look, it's going to take some while. Some while? It's going to take some time. Take a while. To work the Alex Grinch out of him. And what this comes down to for me was just pressure. You had a you had an offensive game plan that was focused on containing Malik Nose, stopping Deuce Vaughn, and letting Adrian Martinez beat you. I, I mean, Malik Knowles had a decent game, but nothing spectacular. The the long kickoff return was a backbreaker. Deuce Vaughn. He had a decent game, nothing spectacular. But man, Adrian Martinez, Adrian Martinez, I mean, he just killed Oklahoma, killed them. And so you you have to you have to give kudos to Adrian Martinez. 234 yards passing, one touchdown, 148 yards rushing, four touchdowns. And I mean, look, Deuce Vaughn got 116 yards, but a lot of that was due to the success that Adrian Martinez was already having. So again, you got a game plan that's predicated on not letting Malik Knowles burn you, not letting Deuce Vaughn do what... By the way, I I do think the 116 yards is, is... I'm pretty confident, pretty confident... That's his best game ever against Oklahoma. And how crazy is that? Deuce Vaughn had his best game ever against Oklahoma, but he's not the reason the Sooners lost. Malik Knowles averaged 13 yards per reception, scored a touchdown, but he's not the reason the Sooners lost. Adrian Martinez averaging 7 yards per carry, 6.9 yards per pass attempt, combined 5 touchdowns, that's the reason Oklahoma lost. So in the first segment, when I said the game plan was flawed, well, there it is. Because you dared a guy to beat you, and he absolutely did. And the blame game goes on. But remember, it's a, it's a, it's a group effort. So here, here it is. Here, here's, my, here's my official take, okay, on this group effort. Offense, defense, special teams. Here's I've got six plays. Here's six reasons why Oklahoma lost this game. Six plays on the field. If those are one of those podcasts that had video, I could break it down for you. We might do that on our YouTube channel. By the way, we have a Heartland Sports YouTube channel. And I think we'll put this there. Just go to YouTube and type in Heartland Sports. We're everywhere. Okay, sorry. Um, all right, here we go. These are in chronological order, right? So they're not really in a breakdown of like the most crucial or whatever. These are just as the game moved on. Here's six plays. Play number one. Opening drive for Kansas State. The Wildcats are at the Oklahoma 39-yard line. 
facing a third down and 12. Now, from that distance right there, you're looking at a 56-yard field goal. That's worst-case scenario for Kansas State. 0-0 score, first time they've had the ball, 56-yard field goal. Probably you end up punting. Probably. Because you're on the road, you don't want to give momentum. You don't want to put OU in good field position if you miss. So third and 12, what happens? Adrian Martinez runs for 12 yards and gets a first down. And as we all know, that drive went on to score a touchdown. Wildcats are up 7-0. Now, Oklahoma gets some momentum finally going. They're down 14 to nothing. They come back. They score 14 to 7. They've got the ball. So they score a touchdown. They make it 14 to 7. They force Kansas State to punt. Now, you got the opportunity to drive the field, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're close to midfield. They're at the 45-yard line, their own 45-yard line. Facing a third down and six. And this is the infamous play in which Dylan Gabriel overthrows Drake Stoops. Now, I've got some personal thoughts on this, okay? Drake Stoops was open. If this play works, it's a 14-14 game. And who knows? Who knows from there? But, man, I just the, the fan in me, the coach in me, the player in me, Go for the first down. I am not a fan. I'm just not a fan on any level. Pop Warner, high school, college, NFL. I'm not a fan of throwing the ball 50 yards down the field on third and down. If it's third and 49, yeah, throw it 50 yards downfield. But alas, no one asked me. So that's the second play that killed Oklahoma. Because guess what Kansas State does? They get the ball back. But Oklahoma has the opportunity, and they do. They tie it up. They finally get, they, they fight their way back in the second quarter. They tie the game 14 to 14. And you can feel the electricity. You can feel the atmosphere. Everything's, everything's favoring Oklahoma. But what happens? Malik Knowles runs that kickoff back 58 yards to the Oklahoma 42-yard line. Not too much longer after that, the Sooners, they're behind again. And that was kind of the ebb and flow of this game. I mean, I, I don't know why we do this, but we equate like football games to heavyweight boxing matches, and this game fits the mold. Kansas State's the underdog. Oklahoma, you know, they're, they're the favorite. Kansas State comes out and throws two haymakers, just two haymakers. Rocks Oklahoma. Oklahoma fights its way back. But just never could take the lead. So if you're if you're judging or scoring rounds of boxing, Kansas State wins round number one. They win round number two. Oklahoma wins round three and four. Kansas State comes back and wins round five. Oklahoma never could get ahead. Never could. But they tie the game at 14 early enough that they can really kind of change the, the flow of this. And the special teams let them down. Special teams gives up a 58-yard kickoff return, puts Kansas State back to business with the momentum at the Oklahoma 42-yard line. Now Oklahoma's down 21-14. to 14. 
and bam, bam, back-to-back plays. They, the Sooners moved from their own 32-yard line to the Kansas State 23. Then they get down to the 15-yard line, and they're facing fourth and one from the 15-yard line. Fourth and one from the 15. They're going for it. Nope, false start. So you got to settle for a field goal. Again, I mean, it's just, it's just that, that they just couldn't ever get ahead. In this situation, they couldn't even tie it. So instead of being tied at 21, you're down 21 to 17. Play number five, Kansas State ultimately builds the lead to 27 to 20. And the Sooners have a chance to get momentum back. The Wildcats are at the OU 15-yard line. Worst case scenario here. Worst case scenario, you hold them to a field goal attempt. And you're down 10. Third and five from the Oklahoma 15-yard line. What does Adrian Martinez do? He runs in from a 15 yards out. A 15-yard touchdown, Adrian Martinez. Worst case scenario, or best case scenario, I guess I was saying. Best case scenario, you're down 30 to 20. Now, worst case scenario happens, you're down 34 to 20. You're down two touchdowns. But Oklahoma keeps fighting. And I will say, um, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. There are some positives that came from this. It wasn't a good game for the Sooners. Wasn't a good game at all. I mean, nothing was good about this game in terms of what the end result was, in terms of what public perception is. It wasn't good. But this team never quit. They didn't quit. I think last year's team would have quit. I mean, I think this is a blowout loss if this is last year's team with last year's coaching staff, with last year's mentality. So, I mean, if you're looking if you're looking for a glass half full type situation, if, if you're looking for something positive to take from this, there it is right there, right in front of you. They didn't quit. So there's five plays. And the sixth, probably, undoubtedly, the worst of them all. I, I said they're not ranked from, you know, in, in terms of impact. It just so happens the worst thing was the last thing that happened. You're down seven. Plenty of time left on the clock. Nebraska, Nebraska. Adrian Martinez, Nebraska, right? Kansas State looking at a third and 16 from their own 41-yard line. I'm confident. I'm, I'm in the stance. I am confident. The crowd around me is confident. Oklahoma gets a stop here. They're going to tie this football game. I'm confident in that. Adrian Martinez goes for 55 yards. That was it. I mean, that, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That right there, that there, there's that's a synopsis of how this game was. It was within your grasp. It was within reach. Everyone believed you could do it. Third and 16, their own 41-yard line. 
you're getting this ball back and you're going to score, you're going to tie the game. All you have to do is get Adrian Martinez off the field. And you couldn't do it. 55 yards later, they're setting up first and goal. So, I mean, it's, it's a team effort. You, you see it. There, there it is. It is a group effort right there mapped out in front of you. Six plays. Offense, defense, special teams, coaching. And I mean, people talked about after the game, why didn't they have a spy? They did. In fact, somebody said, I heard Brent Venable say post game that on that third and 16 play, there was a spy. He didn't get there. And then I heard somebody else say, and I, I wish I could remember who it was. I, I think it may have been Teddy Lehman even say that there was two spies. Two spies on Adrian Martinez. And they didn't get there. And so here you have Adrian Martinez, I mean, having the game of his life. Just, I mean, five touchdowns. Almost 400 yards of offense on his own by himself. And it's really kind of a comical type thing if you think about it, because Nebraska fans are going, what the heck? Where was this kid for three years in Lincoln? And then on the same thing, Oklahoma fans are going, what the heck? We've never seen this from Adrian Martinez. I mean, again, I hate to I hate to say it, but you have to. You have to give him his credit. You have to give him his due. They dared him to beat them, and it's exactly what he did. So kudos to you, Adrian Martinez. Kudos to you, the Kansas State Wildcats. You beat Oklahoma. You did what you had to do, and Oklahoma couldn't. 509 total yards of offense the Oklahoma defense gave up. 6.25 yards per play the Oklahoma defense gave up. And yet, people aren't sold that this was a group effort. People want to call out one guy. People want to call out one situation. People want to call out one scenario. It's not that way. It can't be that way. If you score 34 points and you rack up 550 yards of offense, that should be enough to win. But if you miss opportunities... In the process of that, if you miss opportunities, you might not win. I don't think Oklahoma's offense did enough. I don't think they did anything to lose this game. How about with it? Let's say it this way. I don't think Oklahoma's offense did anything to lose this game. They just didn't do enough to win this game. But the defense giving up 509 yards to what had been a very anemic Kansas State offense for the first three weeks of the season, that certainly didn't help the situation at all. So there you have it. I've got you six plays. You can take them for what they are. Um, we got some good news coming on the other side of a couple other ways to, to look at this. Um, we got your true or false questions, and we got the Big 12 rundown. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so Oklahoma drops the first game of the conference portion of their season, 41-34 to the Kansas State Wildcats. Yeah, it was all bad. Nothing uh, about the perception, as I said earlier, is going to come out of this good. But I think it might be a little bit of good news because I am – as much as people hate it, I am that glass half full kind of guy. It's so much more fun to be an optimist than it is to be a pessimist. If you're a pessimist, people don't usually like you. Um, and let me just say this free public service announcement, free public service announcement. If you are a season ticket holder or if you are a regular attender to Oklahoma football games, let me just throw this out to you for free. And maybe one day you'll say, Matt, that was good advice. I appreciate you telling me. People are so much more nice to me now. If you're the loudest person in your section, if you're the loudest person in your section, it is so important to know what you're talking about. Like legitimately, it is so important to know what you're talking about. If you're the loudest person in your section, like be confident that you know what you're saying is accurate. Because Everybody hears you. Everybody hears you. And for some people, I'm not going to tell you what my segment, what my section is. I should. Maybe if it continues, I will. But for some people, ignorance is on full display. Ignorance is on full display. So that's just something free. People don't like pessimists. I mean, you can get down. Everybody gets down. But as a rule of thumb, people don't like pessimists. So here's a couple of good things. A couple of good things, all right? Um, first of all, that there are some things in this game that Oklahoma made mistakes. It's, it's undoubtable. I mean, it, undoubtedly, Oklahoma left points on the field. That, that's an undeniable truth. Oklahoma, because of their own mistakes, not because of what Kansas State did, because of their own mistakes, Oklahoma left points on the field. But some of the things that they did are fixable. I mean, you're always going to have a quarterback. And I said this already in this episode. You're always going to have a quarterback who misses a throw here and there. Get off of Dylan Gabriel. He's not the reason they lost. But, I mean, it's just you work on you work on chemistry. You work on communication. False starts. I think you can work on that. I mean, when you're looking at bad tackling and bad technique, like what we saw in the defense... I mean, was that not the worst nightmare coming true before our very eyes with this Oklahoma defense? Well, I mean, that was just horrendous. Like everything we ever thought bad about the defense portrayed itself right there in that one night. Those are probably some things when you when you got bad technique and you're an upperclassman, you're a junior, you're a senior, you've been in this program for three years, four years, you're in your fifth year, probably not going to get fixed. Probably not going to get fixed. But chemistry can get fixed. Understanding the new offense can get fixed where you're more, you're more 
you know, effective in what you do, better blocking schemes, better understanding. You, you approach the play with confidence. Those are things that can get fixed. And don't get me wrong. I mean, there was a lot that was bad on this field on Saturday night. But there was a lot that could get fixed. And it's, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a 12-game regular season. Which brings me to my second nugget of good news. Most people thought this was a 10 and 2 team. Fringe 11 and 1. I mean, people drink the Kool-Aid. They saw UTEP. They saw Kent State. They saw Nebraska. And they thought, we're in the playoff. Because why? Somebody on TV said they're playing like a playoff team. And those are things that are good to hear. But man, if you bought into that in September, that's on you. I like hearing that about my team. I like hearing that they're having success. I I didn't, I wasn't going to buy in. I enjoyed listening to it, but there was not a single part of me that thought this team can make the playoffs and make some noise. I think eventually that's where they're heading to, not in 2022, clearly. I think Brent Venables is moving them in the right direction. But the most realistic prognostication for this team was 10 and 2. And I think you're on track for that. I think 9 and 3 is disappointing, but you'll deal with it as long as you see improvement along the way. But 10 and 2 is the most realistic prognostication. Why? Because it's only the first year of the Brent Venables era. That's your that's your third point. That's the th- the third reason our third nugget of good news. It's just year 1. And they're they're changing culture. They're they're changing the way they recruit. They're changing the way they scheme. They're changing the the way they they do game day. They're changing the way they practice. You remember like remember the Titans? <laughs> do you remember remember the Titans? There's Denzel Washington out there. We're gonna change the way we block. We're gonna change the way we tackle. We're gonna change. You know he's giving. That's what Brent Venables is doing. That's what he's doing in this culture right here. He's changing it everything. So you got to be patient. Like I said, if if you bought into playoffs, if you, I mean, Big Twelve, ten and two, you can still be a Big Twelve champion. I don't think that's off the table right now. Fort Worth is pretty important though. Next week's really important because you got Texas looming right right behind it. And, and look, we we talked about trends last week before this game. We talked about the trends of like Kansas State losing to Arkansas State and coming in and beating Oklahoma. You know, the uh, the road team, eight of the 11, last 11 contests, the road team wins in this series. We talked about trends and kind of made not a really big deal out of it, but they're at least worth mentioning. Here's a trend. When Oklahoma loses to Kansas State, they win the Big 12. How about that? There's your trend. When Oklahoma loses to Kansas State, they typically win the Big 12. It's only year one of Brent Venables, guys. You got to be patient. I like what I'm seeing. To this point, since he arrived in Norman, or I guess arrived back in Norman, he's done everything correct. He's done everything the correct way. And you can lose the correct way. What you don't want is for the loss to get you twice. You you don't want to lose the Kansas State twice. What I mean by that is, 
you don't want to go down to Fort Worth within this funk because Kansas State beat you the week before. You got to be physical. That defensive front was physical. The next two defensive fronts Oklahoma's going to face, they're going to be physical. You got to learn to deal with that. True or false? That's next. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. True or false segment, we got five things that we're going to go after. Five things that are all a part of this um, of this game. They all have something to do with what Oklahoma did or didn't do on the field against Kansas State on Saturday night. Now, remember, this is this is your part of the podcast where you get to participate. You can find us on Twitter, at Sports Heartland on Twitter. Um, if you want to participate, send your true or false thoughts. So right now, we'll take them for TCU. True or false, give me a statement uh, towards the TCU game, and we'll try our best to get it in on the podcast, and I'll tell you whether it's true, whether it's false, and why. So here we go. Five five things from Saturday night, uh, true or false, and uh, and I'm going to tell you if I agree or disagree with your sentiment. So here we go. I'm trying to wait on my computer to bring them up. This comes from Steve. Uh, true or false, the light show was a dud. True or false, the light show was a dud. Yes, Steve, um, that's true. Um, not, not because the concept was bad. Not because the music was bad. Not because the actual lights were bad. But just, man, it was a funky moment, right? Oklahoma had trailed or been tied. The Sooners had never taken a lead. I think if, if I think if it's the other way around, if Oklahoma had led throughout and never been behind, probably would have gone off better. Probably wouldn't have got off better. But that's not the case. I think it's just bad timing. I, I, I think the, the crowd was in a bad mood. There was a lot of anxiety, a lot of nervous energy in the in the stadium. People participated. I, I watched it. I tried to take some photos of it. I think that's that's a lot better in a winning type situation. But I mean, look, kudos to the people who went through and made it work and did all the IT stuff and made the app work. I mean, it, it, look, it, I don't want to take away from anybody's effort in this. Just bad timing. So, yeah, Steve, I agree. I think it was a dud. And uh, and I think um, I think it was a dud not because of any of the planning. I think it was a dud because of what was happening on the field and the nervous energy that was in the stadium. Uh, number two, this comes from David. Uh, he, David says, Boomer from the PA announcer is a bad idea. Okay, we've already talked about this. All right, earlier in the podcast, brought this up, and I'm just going to say uh, it's different. And I, I, think, um, I think different is um, not always bad. Different can be good, and sometimes it just takes time. I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, well, that's different. That's exactly what I said. Well, that's different, but I mean, it is what it is. And, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I hate it. I don't know that I love it. I don't, I don't know that I care even. 
So I don't know if that's a bad idea. So how about, let's say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say false. All right? I'm going to say false. I'm going to say it's not a bad idea. I'm going to say it's a different idea. We'll see what happens. I mean, the next home game is Kansas. We'll see what happens if it's still there. Chrissy says this. Chrissy says the rotation at safety is a mystery. The rotation at safety is a mystery. Chrissy, to me, this is absolutely true. I I can't figure it out. I I mean, I I know the depth charts when they're released. They're they're not you know. You don't take them for what they are. I mean, you don't take for example, Billy Bowman is listed as the starting strong safety. Damon Harmon was your start starting strong safety. Trey Morrison got in the game. Key Lawrence. I'm sorry. I think Harmon started at free safety, but still. The point is, safeties, I don't know. I don't know. Here, here's who played. Billy Bowman played. Trey Morrison played. Damon Harmon played. Key Lawrence played. Justin Broyles played. That's five guys playing at the safety positions. Why that's happening, I don't know. Why is Damon Harmon, who is listed as a possible number three at the free safety position, why is he starting over Justin Broyles and Key Lawrence, Billy Bowman? I don't, I don't know why Damon Harmon's out there. I'm not saying that this, it's bad that Damon Harmon's out there. He, he got torched in that Nebraska game. But I'm not going to say Damon Harmon did something specifically on Saturday night to make him lose to Kansas State. I'm just saying I don't know. I don't know who the go-to guys are. I know Key Lawrence is pretty physical. I know Billy Bowman made a touchdown saving play in, in the north end zone late in that game by knocking away the ball from the tight end. I just, I mean, I don't know. So, Chrissy, yeah, it's a mystery because I can't tell you what's happening there with that position. And, I mean, no one owes me an explanation. I just don't, I don't have, I, I, just, I don't have an answer for you. Why? Because, like you said, it's a mystery. Like, when one guy should be in and when one guy should be out, why either one of those guys should be in, that's all a mystery. So you tell me. I, I, I'm open for your say. Tell me. At Sports Heartland on Twitter. Tell me what it's all about. Send me an email if you're not sure, but you want to say, hey, here's my idea. Send me an email. Heartland underscore sports at yahoo.com. Make a comment on our website, heartland-sports.com. This podcast will have its own page, its own post on the website. I don't know. If you have an idea, I would love to hear it because I was talking with my son about this as we're leaving the stadium. Can't figure it out. But it is what it is. Uh, Austin. Austin says, Kanek needs to be on the field more. I'm going to go false. Like, I mean, like, there's, this is when I said trust the process. I think Kanek has an All-American type future ahead of him. And I addressed this last week. And so, and so, Austin, I don't know if you're, like, trying to goad a little bit, which is cool. Totally cool if you are. Or if you just, I mean, I don't, I don't know the, if there's a, if there's a, um, a motivation behind this other than to say, I talked about this last week. 
and when we talk about trusting the process and trusting Brent Venables, I trust that there's a reason why there's a reason why he's Canick's not out there. And when, when Brent Venables says, hey, he's not learned that position yet the way we want him to learn it, then you got to take his word for it. I would say maybe Justin Harrington would deserve to be out there more time than Jaron Canick. But I also am on board that Canick's future, his ceiling, is exponentially higher. But all that said, I, 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 I'm going to say false here. And Deshaun White, I even said this during the game. Deshaun White has impressed me with his coverage ability. That was my biggest concern about him coming into the season. Can he cover in, in pass? And he has. And he's done it very well. So, I mean, I, I don't know that Deshaun White has done anything to lose playing time. I, I know Kinnick had the big game in Lincoln, but is that really something that we were going to, like, like, tell me what Kanek's going to do differently. Well, he's more physical. He's more athletic. Okay, I agree. He's maybe more athletic. I don't know he's more physical. But again, you got a defense that's built on not letting Malik Knowles or Deuce Vaughn beat you. And yet, you want to put a kid in here that's got to make a decision between three different guys. And, and Venables already says he doesn't know, doesn't understand the position. That just seems like a bad idea to me. I think in time, Jaron Kinnick's going to be amazing. Seriously, I think he's going to be amazing. As of right now, I don't know that I can make a big stink about him not playing more. I just, I, I, I trust the process here. All right, here's the last one. Last but not least, uh, Dave. Dave says this, uh, the crowd did its part. The crowd did its part. Dave, true. 100% true. That crowd was was good. The crowd was good. And, and here's the danger. I, I think this is maybe why we have so many hot takes right now. Because they called out the crowd. Brent Venables did a Bob Stoops. You know, hey, we need the crowd. We want to have this advantage. We're going to do this fantastic light show. We want that mood set. And, and, and they're doing things to try to engage the crowd. They've talked about how do you need to engage this crowd? How do you need them? You want to build that home field advantage. So that's why you're getting Boomer from the PA announcement. That's why you got the laser lights or the, the LED lights. That's why you got the light shows. That's why you got the, you know, the DJ or the MC. I mean, that's why you got all of that. It worked. There's some people that left, but there's a lot of people who stayed. I mean, I, I think of the three home games, this crowd was there to the very end. And, and obviously it wasn't a blowout game like the first two were, but still, this was the best crowd of the season. It was loud. There there were times, there were two times in this game where I thought to myself, wow. I, I, it's been a long time since since the crowd made me think that. But twice, I was like, I mean, not just, I mean, look, you have those great crowd moments, right? You remember one of the more popular ones is a 2008 Texas Tech game, jump around. But it wasn't like that where everyone was jumping. I mean, it was, that crowd was loud in the moment trying to do their part to, to spur on this Oklahoma defense. But when you call out the crowd and you say, hey, you know, we need you to be this so we can be that, you better be that. Because if you're not, then you're, you're dealing with what we're dealing with now on Meltdown Monday. 
Because the crowd did their part. Team didn't. So, Dave, you're right. That's absolutely true. The crowd did its part. All right, closing thoughts on the Big 12 uh, from the weekend. Kansas Jayhawks. Rock chalk, right? We'll get to that. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Two massive upsets in the Big 12 over the weekend. Unfortunately, the the upsets were the... um, you know, the flagship programs of the Big 12, Oklahoma and Texas, the Sooners getting upset at home, uh, the Longhorns on the road um, in, in Lubbock. And I will say this, I mean, we'll, we're going to get to these games, but I did tell you both times, both games, if you listen to the pregame podcast that we went up Thursday, I said, take Kansas State in those 12 and a half points. Take Texas Tech in those points. I just didn't know there. I mean, I I think just I think I I actually I have to go back and listen to the tape. I'm pretty confident I called the upset in Lubbock. I'm pretty confident I said it was going to be a tight game throughout. And just because I don't like Texas, I picked Texas Tech. But I did 100% tell you to take the points. And I think facetiously I told you to take Texas to win uh, Texas Tech to win straight up. I'm pretty confident. I I, th- I think I can I feel comfortable publishing this having said that. Um, Big 12 gets underway uh, over the, on, what was it, Thursday night? Um, West Virginia, Virginia Tech. The Mountaineers with a 33-10 win over Virginia Tech, and that was on the road. By far, I mean, they've only got two wins on the season, but by far it's the best West Virginia's looked this season and by far their best win of this season. So maybe they're starting to come back around. Maybe they're starting to get it together there in Morgantown. Baylor... Iowa State, that was a fun game. I, I picked the Bears to win. I made them one of our locks on our Friday locks. Uh, Matt Campbell, another meltdown by Matt Campbell. That's just becoming something that defines him. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is going to be a good test for both of these programs as they're rebuilding. And, and Baylor gets the win in Ames. That's huge, huge for Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears. We already talked about Texas uh, going down to Texas Tech. The Longhorns outscored 13 uh, to nothing between the fourth quarter and the overtime. Bijan Robinson, six, 16 carries, 101 yards, two touchdowns. But he had the big, the big fumble uh, in the overtime period. TCU uh, handled SMU much better than I expected them to. Now keep in mind, TCU was my dark horse in the Big 12. Keandre Miller, 17 carries, 142 yards for TCU. I'm scared to death of Oklahoma's trip to Fort Worth. TCU scored 28 points in the first half. This is going to be a... a, a I mean, think about it. We, we, thought, we thought the Kansas State offense was bad. And they, they just moved bodies to make it work against Oklahoma's defense. Now you're going up against an offense that scored 28 points in one half. Now, they did kind of go lethargic in the second half. SMU made some adjustments and so forth. But TCU's 3-0. And guess who's 4-0? That would be the Kansas Jayhawks. They won by eight. Now, this was a seven-point 
spread for Kansas. And I was not comfortable with Kansas having a touchdown advantage. I said Kansas would win, but I took Duke in seven points. They won by eight. So I'm wrong. I mean, look, good for you, Kansas, 4-0. Now, here's the question, because we got to do Big 12 power rankings at the at the website, heartland-sports.com. Here's the question. I, I think you have to, at this point, you have to put Oklahoma number one. I mean, Oklahoma State number one. I hate that. I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. But based on what they've done, you got to put Oklahoma State number one in the Big 12 weekly power rankings. Who do you put at number two? Does, dare I say Kansas, number two, four and oh? Maybe TCU, three and oh? What are the odds? Honestly, what are the odds that there's three undefeated teams left as September closes out? The Big 12 has three undefeated teams. And the team that, that has tied for the most games at four, see, I mean, like the Kansas State, four games, Oklahoma, four games, Baylor, four games, Iowa State, four games, Texas Tech, four games, Texas, four games. I guess TCU is the only one that's only played three games. So everyone's played four games. Kansas is four now. Unbelievable. So where do you put the Jayhawks on your Big 12 power rankings? I guess you can tune in. Here's a shameless plug. You can tune in, heartland-sports.com. And uh, you see where we put them. Hope you have a great week. I hope, I hope you're able to get over this. Look forward to start uh, uh, breaking down some TCU stuff this week. You can find us every day at the website, heartland-sports.com. You can find us on Twitter, at Sports Heartland. Thank you for listening to the Sooner Nation podcast. If you're doing I, uh, Apple Podcasts, if you're doing Spotify, if you're doing iHeartRadio, tune in. Wherever you're getting us, thank you so much. Man, we would love it if you would give us a good rating. Uh, we'd love it even more if you would give us a good rating and subscribe. Have a great week, everybody. Boomer Sooner. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who gets drunk next to you. And if I heave yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's heavering to you. But I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more to be the man who walked a thousand miles to fall down at your door. When I'm walking, yes, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's working hard for you.
I'm gonna dream about the pain 